by Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. We're going to talk about moms today. Not every Mother's Day do I preach on Mother's Day, but I'm going to do it this year because I believe that mothers are so faithful to their children. They, they, they like personify God's faithfulness in the earth. They put flesh and bones so that we can kind of, you know what I'm talking about. You know when you were little, you looked to mom and it was like, mom was God on the earth to you. You didn't know any better, but she was, she was showing you a picture of God's faithfulness. You run to mom, you felt safe. You weren't worried that mom wasn't going to love you. If you were, then you guys had a dysfunctional family that, that God can heal. But you weren't worried that God, uh, mom's wings weren't long enough to, to gather all her hens in and keep them safe in the rain. You just trusted mom because mom was faithful. I know my mom was. Back in 1973, when I was eight years old, we were living in a little old house in Shaw, Mississippi. And me and my little brother, he was two years old. There wasn't much hope for us in a little town like Shaw, Mississippi. My mom was a single parent. And uh, she loaded up her yellow Chevy Vega and moved us to the big city of Memphis, Tennessee. Now, can you imagine how scary that must have been to a, a young girl in her early 20s or maybe mid-20s by then? To just move off. She didn't have a job waiting on her when she got there. All she had was a promise of a couch she could crash on for a little while. That's how we started in the big city of Memphis. But us kids, we didn't worry about it. Mom's got this. Mom took on the world for us. And mom was the world to us. I remember even as I grew older as a teenager... You know, mom would get home at 5 o'clock, and if it was 5.10 and mama hadn't got home, this is the day before cell phones, you understand? Man, I was pacing, I was pacing the, the halls. Well, I was, when's mama getting home? When's mama getting home? Well, all we cared about, mama getting home. I'm telling you, mamas play a tremendous role in the lives of their children. And they personify God's faithfulness. You know, we didn't have much money, but Mama would cut up some weenies and put it in our macaroni and cheese every now and then when we could afford it. <laughs> Mama's like a grizzly bear, too, man. Anybody mess with her kids? <laughs> Don't mess with Mama's cubs now. <laughs> That's why she's so ornery now, is having to fight off all those bullies and stuff. <laughs> Don't mess with Mama now, either. <laughs> she has only grown more ornery as time has gone on. She'll call the cops on you in a minute, but I tell you what, she don't take no mess. <laughs> but how many of you are thankful for the faithfulness of your mamas? Amen. And it just reminds us of the faithfulness of our God. And Angie, let me say that no one could have loved our kids as well as you have. You have been a wonderful mom as well. Proverbs 23, 25 says, so give your father and mother joy. There's an idea. May she who gave you birth be happy. 
So would you do me a favor? Let's all rise in the house and give Mama a round of applause that she deserves. Let's make Mamas happy. It's supposed to be a happy Mama's Day. Some of you are taking too long to get up. Stretch out a little bit before you get to church. I had to. You can be seated. We're going to gonna start holding the calisthenics on Sunday morning before church. Well, God has trusted mamas with a very important task, bringing his sons and daughters into the earth, you understand. That's big. <laughs> In fact, he asked a young Jewish teenager to bring forth his firstborn. <laughs> Can you imagine the pressure of bearing the Son of God? Well, I'll just say to you mothers, your childs, your sons, your daughters have the potential to be children of God. And I think God looks at it much the same way. You may not believe it, but Jesus said in John 17 that he loves us as much as he loves Jesus. I think God loves your children just as much as he loves Jesus, and I know that's hard for us to understand. But I think about, you know, men don't think about having babies, you know, regularly. That's not just something I think about every day. I've never had somebody else on board, so to speak. I've never had something growing on the inside of me. Keep quiet over there. That's all the barbecue I ate yesterday. Uh, but something growing on the inside of you, and you're thinking, I got to get this out, and it keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And you're thinking, I, I can't imagine that's a little pressure right there. Well, how are we going to work this out? <laughs> Literally, how are we going to work this out? I think uh, God knew he couldn't trust men to do it. <laughs> he couldn't trust that we'd go a whole nine months without doing something stupid. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but Mary, Mary said, behold. I am your servant, Lord. And the best mothers are those who just do what God says. They're servants to the Lord. That's so important. I don't know how, how you raise your children without God. That must be just the most pressure-filled task ever. In Luke chapter 1, verse 46, Mary responded, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices. In God, my Savior, for he took notice of his lowly servant girl. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. And I say over you right now, all you mothers, be blessed. God bless you. Thank you. You know, Mary accepted that huge responsibility and at the same time, she had to shirk all the shame that people were trying to heap on her because of her unwed pregnancy, right? But she knew what God asked her to do, and she traveled that long road to Bethlehem to have Jesus. And I think about that road wrought with robbers and thieves and liars. That was a dangerous time, much like today, right? And I, I kind of picture 
that long road to Bethlehem as the nine months that you mothers, that long road to Bethlehem to have that baby. And how it also is wrought with thieves and robbers and liars. So much can happen in those nine perilous months. It's a dangerous road, and not every child makes it through to be born in Bethlehem. There are miscarriages. There's other complications that may come, come about upon the way. I know that we've suffered those. But God is faithful. And those who have gone through those things, I hope you knew that you could trust God Psalms 34, 18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. I hope you allowed him in. I hope if you're still carrying those hurts that you can allow him in today. He's close to the brokenhearted and he rescues those whose spirits are crushed. It can be crushing when you lose a child even before you give birth. And many women are lied to along that road today. Convinced that Ah, uh, you're not ready for this, or this or that, and they abort their chi their own children. And I think many of them look back, and I think all of them probably look back with regret that they were lied to, that that was somehow going to make things better. And those people that encourage you to do do that are the same people that says, "Believe the science." They're encouraging us to believe the science about the vaccines, believe the science about climate change, but they won't themselves believe the science that that's a living baby inside the mother's womb. Not some glob of tissue. And so, so many have been deceived along the road to Bethlehem. And they continue to sus suspend all common sense and true science, they, they won't even believe that there's an X and a Y chromosome. <laughs> they won't even believe that there's males and females these days. They're trying to convince us that there's over 70 genders and that we're supposed to memorize all these new pronouns or something. That we're supposed to believe that? I can tell you what I believe. It is the word of God as I believe. And I believe in the beginning God said let there be male and female. I mean it's not hard to tell the difference. <laughs> Pastor Vickers was telling a story the other day. He said a man came to him and said, Pastor Vickers, I need to talk to you. My wife won't let me be the man of the house. Pastor Vickers said, Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go in the bathroom and pull your pants down. Come back and tell me what you saw. You don't need some woman to tell you you're a man. Or let you be a man. You are a man. Or you are a woman, one or the other, but it ain't some 70 things in between. Oh, let me get off my soapbox. But it is sad that some women have fallen prey to such lies, but I will say that God is still faithful. God is still faithful. 2 Timothy 2.13 says, If we are unfaithful, 
He remains faithful, for he cannot deny who he is. And of course, 1 John 1, 9 says if we confess our sins, he is what? He is faithful to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all that wickedness. All the lies, the trusted truths that we have believed, all the, the sin that we have committed, you confess your sins, God is faithful. So if anybody's still carrying the hurts and the pains of, of lies that you have believed or situations where thieves and robbed you and you were not able to bring your child into this world, I want you to know something. No matter what happens on the road to Bethlehem, God is faithful. And he grants forgiveness and healing. And I think he wants you to know today that he has raised your child on the playgrounds of heaven until the day you can be reunited again. Those miscarriages, they weren't globs of tissue. Once a life is created, it is eternal. And God himself has raised your child. And when you get there, you don't have to be ashamed because there's going to be no shame in heaven. You're there because you're forgiven. And your child is not going to hold it against you. He is going to say, well, look, I got to grow up in heaven with the Father. And there's going to be, oh, what a day that will be. We will be re reunited with our children. Well, Mary brought forth the child and they called his name Jesus. I don't know, like I said, what that's like bringing forth a child. But I have had kidney stones. And, uh, <laughs> and I can kind of understand why a mama might say to her boy or to her daughter, I brought you into this world <laughs> and I can take you out. <laughs> because they remember. <laughs> and some of us children need to remember what our moms must have went through. You know, mamas naturally protect and uh nurture and equip their children and it's said that the in the jewish traditions that the mother was responsible for the early tutelage the early education of their children they would have been the ones mary would have been the ones that taught jesus how to read and to write of course as they got older you know the they had institutions and so forth to to learn the torah and all that stuff but jesus would have learned to, to read and write with mother mary and she would have been the ones you know, to taught Jesus to talk. And the thing that gets me is so funny is these mothers, they work with their children. They get them this talk, you know, and they spend all their time. And then their first words are, Dada. <laughs> and that's all daddy's taught them, you know. Say Dada, say Dada. That's funny. Mary. Uh, brought Jesus to the temple for dedication according to the law, Jewish traditions. And uh, that's so important. That might be the most important thing a mother can do is bring her child to Jesus. Of course, she was bringing Jesus to the temple. But you know what I mean. The most important you thing you can do because one day they're going to be grown, they're going to be out of your house, you'll have limited influence in their life you'll still be able to speak hopefully if you have a good relationship 
But they need, to, they need that faithfulness beyond mama's ability to provide. So the most important thing a parent can do, and that goes for dads too, is to train your children up in the way that they should go. To know the Lord. Because they're going to need to lean on him just as you know what you've been through. And your children are going to go through things like that. Do you want them to have to go through it without the Lord? We need to, we need to catch them early. We need to catch them early and, and, and put that into it. might be the most important thing a mama can do is, is teach your children to follow the Lord. Uh, Mary and Joseph, you know, they had to flee Israel to go to Egypt because Herod was trying to kill baby Jesus. And that was a big sacrifice. And I think about the sacrifices that you parents have made, you moms, you, all that you've given up, the plans that you have, maybe jobs that you had to, to quit so that you could raise your children and, and the, the, the world as you had imagined it, and maybe your possessions and everything. You know, mom, we didn't have much money, but she did everything she could to provide for us so that we could eat. And so uh, Herod's trying to, to kill your children. And sometimes you got to flee. May, you might be in a situation right now where you're raising a child and they're being bullied and they're in a neighborhood that there ain't one halfway decent kid in the whole neighborhood or something. There's been times we, we looked at some of our children's friends and said, we, we might need to move from here, pick up and, and flee. You have to protect your children. I'm not saying you should do that, but I, I know people who've told me that they moved their children into a dangerous situation so that they could minister to the other children in that neighborhood, and I'm thinking, your children ain't old enough to minister to anybody. They're going to get influenced, and we have to guard our children from the influences of this world because Herod's out to kill them. So Mary sounds like a pretty good mother, doesn't she? But Mary was not perfect. Did you know that she stopped following God at one point? It was for like three days when she lost God in Jerusalem. And she left and, and, and she went back and Jesus wasn't there. <laughs> she, she said, I've lost God. And she had to rush back to... to y'all didn't get that joke, did you? <laughs> Some of y'all are like, y'all still thinking theologically. She stopped following God. I don't remember that part. <laughs> but she lost track of Jesus, okay? Pretty big deal. But, you know, he was in Abba's house, and God is faithful, and our children are never more safe than when they're in Abba's house. Luke 2, verse 51 says, Then Jesus returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them, and his mother stored all these things in her heart. I love that. It says that Jesus... The king of the universe was obedient to his parents. And that indicates to me that Mary must have taught her children to be obedient. Listen, you better teach your children. You better show them how to say, how to say no right now. If you don't teach them obedience, the, the law will one day and they might not come back alive. You either spend time teaching them obedience now or you're going to visit them in prison one day. So she taught obedience, and it says she stored all these things in her heart. Mama was thinking about her child 
How many of you mothers just sit and think about what I can do to bless my children, how, how I can raise them right, how I can love them? And how many of you children even stop for a moment to think about what all your mom's been doing for you and how she prays for you? Where would we be if mom wouldn't have been praying for us? I don't think we're grateful enough to our moms. Sorry, mom. And Mary nudged Jesus into his first miracle. You remember that? Moms believe in their son's calling or their daughter's calling. They were at the wedding. Mary said, Jesus, uh, they've run out of wine. Uh, can you do something? He's like, Mama, it ain't my time. She said, oh. she probably gave him the look. Okay. <laughs> Servants. Y'all do whatever he says. And so Jesus performed his first miracle at the wedding in Cana. <laughs> she was encouraging him. She was respecting him as an adult. He was an adult man now. She didn't yell at him and force him, but she kind of persuaded. Yeah, that mama's persuasion, you know. <laughs> because she wanted him to see what he was called to be. And then it says in John 2.13 that after the wedding that he went to Capernaum for a few days with his mother, his brothers, and his disciples. He wanted to spend some time with Ma. And so I wanted to take this moment to tell all you children out there, visit your Ma. <laughs> and all the mothers say, Preach. I can't look that way because my mom's staring at me like I'm <laughs> like this message is for me. But visit your ma. I'm preaching to me too. There was one time that the disciples uh, were concerned about Jesus' well-being. He was preaching two long hours. He was healing late into the night. He wasn't taking time to eat or rest. They told mama, mama come running. Took a couple of his brothers and sisters with him. They were going to have an intervention. But ultimately, they had to trust Jesus' judgment. After all, I mean, he's God. He created her before she created him. <laughs> Mary was at the cross. Now, I bet that just kicked some mothers right in the gut right there. You can imagine your son, what he had to go through just to get to the cross and then to be lifted up. I have no doubt that she would have taken his place if she could have. I know mama would have. Agony, bone deep. But yet she didn't run. She wanted to be there to support him and she followed him all the way up Calvary. And Jesus from the cross in John 19, 26 says, says, Jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciple he loved, and he said to her, dear woman. And then in that word dear, we get the term endeared. <laughs> we, I, I can't imagine the, the love that came out of the voice of Jesus when he said, dear woman, ma, mama. 
dear woman. How much that meant to him. Here he is in agony on the cross. And he's worried about mom. He says, dear woman, here is your son. And she, he means John who's there with her. And he says to the disciple, here is your mother. And from then on, the disciple took her into his home. And not long after, Jesus says, into thy hands, Father, I commit my spirit. I can just picture Mary whispering the same thing. Me too, Father, because I can't take this. Sometimes the greatest loves that we experience in this life cause us the greatest hurt. And through it all, we have to believe in the faithfulness of our God, that there is a plan in the midst of our suffering. In Lamentations 3.22, it says the faithful love. What kind of love does God have? Faithful love. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is His faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. And I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. And therefore, I will hope in Him. And I want to encourage you, no matter what pain you have suffered as a mother or a father, or as a child. What agony you have been through, put your hope in Jesus. He's the one that causes that sun to come up tomorrow morning. When you're in the loneliest, darkest hour of your life, and you feel like you can't go on, just lay your head down and go to sleep, because the sun is coming up again tomorrow. Put your hope in the Lord. I'm telling you, great is His faithfulness. He's got faithful love for you. And we have to hope in that. God is so faithful. You know how faithful God is? Three days later, the tomb was empty. And if you'll raise your children to know Jesus, they'll never be held down by the tomb either. That's faithfulness. Just show an ounce of faithfulness to him and he'll take over from there. He wants to show you his faithfulness. He wants to show you that great love. And he wants to make sure that you never experience the tomb. That's why Jesus came and did what he did. Because Mary believed these things. Acts 1.14 says she was there in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. She was there to, in the early church. She was influential in the early church, making sure that her son's wishes, his greatest command, and his great commission were carried out. She continued the work, still believing in her child, even though he's gone to heaven. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 1.8 says, He will keep you strong till the end. For those of you who are going through something in your life now, put your hope back in Christ. He is faithful to the end. He will keep you strong. That you will be free from all blame on the day when Jesus our Lord returns. God will do this for he is. He's faithful.
to do what he says. Do you know you can go through this book and look in the promises of God and claim them? And believe them. And put your hope steadfast in them. Every promise is yes and amen. You say yes, he says amen. You say amen, he says yes. They're yes and amen if you'll believe them. God will do this because he's faithful to do what he says, and he has invited you into partnership with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And you can be like Mary. You can do that great commission to love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. You can do that, that great commission to go into all the world and make disciples there's never a moment in your life that you're without purpose. You may be a, have a moment in your life where you're without understanding of your purpose, without a realization of your purpose, but you're never without purpose. When you're arguing with that coworker or whatever, you're in the midst of something, you can lose sight that you have a purpose in that. But if you will be tender-hearted towards the Lord and put your hope in Him, He'll He'll open your eyes and He'll say, "Oh, I'm not supposed to be quarreling with them. I'm supposed to be seeing them through Jesus's eyes and loving them." And He'll turn every situation. All things working together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. All things. Some of you wanting to quit your job right now. I'm just, I'm freelancing here. Y'all give me a... Some of you in situations you want to run from. But maybe God needs you there. Maybe you just got to reestablish your purpose and put it forefront in your mind. Sometimes we run from the test. God's wanting to bring you to a whole new level, and you're running from every test that he gives you. Stand strong, or fail in it, but stand strong in the Lord and the power of his might. He is well able to deliver you and to give you victory. I'm just preaching right now. I'm sorry. Anyway, if you believe moms are the best mirror of God's faithfulness that we have here on earth, say, look to your mama if she's in here. If she's in heaven, look to heaven and say, thank you, mama, for your faithfulness. We look to mamas and we see just a glimpse of the faithfulness of God. If we know how much our mamas loved us, man. And if you were raised and your mama was on drugs or something, she didn't, she lost sight of, of all of that. Well, Father God will not only be a father to the fatherless, he'll be a mama too. He'll make that up for you. His love is that faithful. You know how God revealed himself to Moses? Moses said, I want to see you, God. Show me your glory. And God said, you couldn't take my glory, Moses. 
But I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll hide you in a cleft of a rock. I'll put my hand over you. And as I pass by, I'll let you see my hinder parts. I'll just let you see a taste. And in Exodus chapter 34, verse 6, it says, The Lord passed in front of Moses, calling out. What did he call out? How did God reveal himself to Moses, his best friend? What did he want Moses to know? He said, I am Yahweh, the Lord, and I am a God of compassion and mercy. And I am slow to anger. And I'm filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. That's what I'm filled with. And here you think I'm a hard God that you can't trust. And you're running from me, all you people. Running from God. You're running from your very life source. You've been lied to on the road from Bethlehem. You've been lied to about your existence and your purpose here on the earth. Run to God. He's full of tender mercy. Compassion, slow to anger. He's on your side. He's not mad at you. He just wants you to turn. That's what repent means. It's not some biblical term meant to scare you. Repent means turn from going the wrong way and come back to God. The laws weren't meant to say, aha, I got you now. They're meant so, it's saying don't put your hand on a hot stove so you won't be burned. They're meant to help you. Expressions of God's love. And now the law is that Jesus has come and fulfilled the law. The law is to love. You want to run from love? I encourage you today to run to God. Run to God just as you ran to your mom when you was a little boy or girl. Trusting in her faithfulness, I'm telling you, you can trust in the faithfulness of God. Would you bow your head with me a moment? And I want to give you an opportunity to run to Jesus. Just put everything else aside. Don't matter where you've been. It ain't about you. Stop thinking. You're probably thinking about, well, I'm not ready or I'm not worthy. It ain't about you. It's always been about him. He is your covering. He is all that you need. The Bible says he's your all and he will be in all. He wants to be in all of your stuff. He wants to be in your life. He wants to walk it out with you. He loved you so much that he gave his only begotten son. That he who believeth in him will never perish but have everlasting life. I don't know what your your, your understanding about God is. But I'm trying to open your eyes today. That he loves you. He is full of tender mercy. And he wants this to be the sunrise on the first day of the rest of your life. And something much bigger than you've ever walked out before. He wants you to know his love. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, what he does ask you to do is stop walking in a direction that's that's hurting you. That's causing all this pain and strife and all this drama in your life. How many of you are tired of drama in your life? You weren't built for all this drama and all this 
contention. Man, when I figured out that God was real and he died, loved me so much he died on the cross to pay for my sins, I ran to him and I've been running with him ever since. And he's asking you today, will you come take a walk with me, son? Will you come with me, daughter? Will you come sit in my lap and just breathe for once in your life? Will you let me be God? If you're ready to come to the throne of God today, step down off of that little thing you call a throne and let God have his way in your life. You're ready to turn from your sins, repent and turn to Jesus. He will save you. The Bible says that all who call upon the name of the Lord, you call him the Lord of your life, you'll be saved from your sins. And brought into his family. And that's all he's ever longed for you to have. Sonship. Daughtership. A walk with thee. You've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. Today is the day. I want you to raise your hand right where you are. And I'm going to pray for you. Yes ma'am. I see that. Anybody else want to make Jesus the Lord of your life today? Stop running to, to two of you. Great. Stop running to things they're going to harm you and start running to your Savior, your Creator, your Redeemer. Man, come on. Give your heart to Jesus. What are you waiting on? We've got two in the house. Is there anybody else before I pray? If you're online, you just raise your hand because I, I guarantee you Jesus sees you. He's been, he's been watching you your whole your life. You know that. and he's, he's waiting for the day that you would raise your hand and make this commitment. We're going to pray together. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Some of you know God's been chasing you all these years. You know it. Now is the time. Today, behold, today is the day of salvation. Don't wait. You might not get this opportunity again. Today, is there somebody I'm talking to online or is there somebody I'm talking to? we got three in the building. Is there somebody in here today that wants to make this commitment? Woo! All right, amen. Four. Hallelujah for. Well, those of you who have raised your hand, you can put them down. And I want you to concentrate with me as I lead you through a prayer. It's not my prayer. This has got to be your prayer. But God is waiting and he has waited. And this is the day that you say to him, God, I repent of my sins and I turn to you. I believe that you died on my cross, Jesus. And the Father raised you from the dead. And I believe if I give you my life, you'll raise me from my spiritual death and give me everlasting life. So right now, I confess you as my Lord, Jesus. Have your way in my life. And it's in your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, give them a round of applause. That's a, that's a reason for a great celebration. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. 
We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.